Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. Come inside, the show's about to start. Guaranteed to blow your head apart. This is the Shannon Smith Shooting Podcast. Guess it up. All right, guys, welcome back to the Shannon Smith Shooting Show Podcast. This one's been a little elusive. I've had some technical issues, one of which was running out of batteries on my MP3 recorder, so maybe that's user error, but take three on this one. See if I can get her done today. Just leaving the range, a good class today with a pretty solid shooter. Uh, it's always challenging from an instructor standpoint to, uh, to work with a better shooters because the, the margin for improvement is smaller as you get better, just like working out or anything, you'll see you know, massive gains in the beginning, and then as you improve, it takes 10 times the work for one-tenth of the gain. Uh, but it was an interesting day. It's always fun to shoot with people that are good. Uh, so heading home on Friday and looking forward to weekend match and chilling out a little bit. I wanted to touch on some general preparation and more specifically disaster preparation. We had a hurricane here in Florida, as I'm sure you're aware if you have a television. Uh, last month and I've lived in Florida for 18 years now so hurricanes are nothing new and being prepared for hurricanes are nothing new to me but I still learned a couple of things and maybe there's some stuff I can throw out there that'll help in your general preparedness and if you don't live in Florida you know maybe you live in tornado country or earthquake country or uh, you know even in you've seen stories in New York and Chicago and in recent years, so they just had massive power outages for, for no ex- explainable reason. Uh, so it's always a good idea to be generally prepared anyway. We talk a lot about uh, preparing for the zombie apocalypse in, in my world, and it's always a fun discussion to talk about. Um, and we talk about it a little bit in jest, but deep down, we're all deciding or hoping that there's going to be an actual zombie ac- apocalypse one day. Hopefully it's the, the Walking Dead zombies and not the World War Z zombies, because those sons of guns are fast. Uh, but even though we talk about it in jest, a lot of the same things that you want to do to prepare for the zombie attack are the same things that are needed for general preparedness or, uh, you know, hurricane readiness if you're here in Florida. I always laugh at, you know, the, the TV and the media and Weather Channel and all those guys, you know, keep in mind that they're trying to sell airtime. They're trying to sell commercials. They're a business no different than any of the businesses that we're involved with. And, you know, it bothers me a little bit that they trump it up as much as they do and they try to incite as much panic as they can. You know, if they say they're not doing that, they're crazy because they clearly are. Uh, You know, deep down, people do need to recognize that it can be a serious situation. But, you know, they they caused all of Miami to evacuate. You know, it turned out to be unnecessarily. And that's a financial strain on people getting out, getting in and, um, you know, going out and buying $500 of plywood and, and, and all this stuff. Uh, what, we, what we affectionately call down here the, the cone of Publix or the cone of, of Nabisco, which is the expected area that that, that hurricane is going to hit. And the, you know, the, the more days away, the wider that cone is. And anywhere in that cone, and, and Publix is a, a Florida supermarket chain, if you're not familiar with that. But anywhere in that zone, you can rest assured they're going to be out of saltine crackers and Fruit Loops and water and and shitty beer and they always have yingling but they're out of the Coors Light and the Miller Light and the crap that people go and buy and stop stock up on and you know I always laugh that most of these 
out of shape folks are living on Coca-Cola and cigarettes seven days a week. All of a sudden, when a hurricane's coming, they turn into Aquaman and they need 12 cases of water, which, you know, yeah, we all need water, but that's probably something that you should have on hand anyway. You know, any, any given time, I've got two, three, four cases of water around the house. We've got water at the range. Uh, and keep in mind, gasp, you can drink out of the faucet. That's probably not going to kill you. It's what we did when I was a kid. Um, you, you know, there is, a, there is an opportunity or a chance that you're going to lose you're going to lose water pressure. You're going to lose water if you're on city water. So sure, you want to stock up. But we took, for example, we had um, a bunch of two-liter bottles of Coke and Sprite and crap left over from a July 4th party that was probably stale anyway. Uh, so we, we poured that out and filled all those up with water. Uh, we have a pool, which is damn near an endless supply of water. And then we also live on a small a small lake, so endless supply of water there. So that stuff you can use, you know, if you do lose water at the house, you can you can use that to flush toilets, you can use that to bathe or, you know, general hygiene stuff. And if you had to, you can boil it and you can drink it if you had to, but you can you can cook with it. There's, you know, there's plenty of avenues to have water. So don't, don't freak out too much and go out and buy 27 cases of water that is just going to rot away in your garage. Uh, and then food, you know, same thing. It's if you don't have a, a week or a couple weeks supply of food in your pantry, you know, you're wrong. There's no reason that you have to run out and buy a bunch of food for a hurricane coming that you don't already have hanging around. Uh, you know, a couple of easy things you can do. We have, I got into that, that prepper stuff a while back, reading all the books and the one second after. And, you know, if you haven't read those, there's, there's some good ones. They're, they're, they're thought provoking, I think, from, uh, you know, you don't have to be all crazy, build a bunker and build a silo and that kind of stuff, prepper. But, you know, simple things. There's some of that long-term, uh, long-term food storage. I grabbed a, a can of that or a bucket of that a few years ago. I don't even know. I don't even remember now how long it's for, but it's it's like 2,000, 3,000 calories a day for a family of four for 20 days or 30 days or something like that. And then another simple trick, uh, when you go on your weekly or biweekly or whatever it is, grocery run, just grab a, like a couple of cans of something, uh, soup or fruit or vegetables or you know whatever you, you like. And there's no strain on your budget. You're adding $2 or 89 cents per can to your, to your grocery bill. And you do that a couple, three times a month. And, you know, in six months or a year, you've got, you know, plenty of canned goods laying around. And yeah, canned goods does have an expiration date, but let's be real. In a zombie apocalypse, you could eat that stuff way past the expiration date and you're going to be fine. So again, a couple of those things that you should have all the time anyway. You shouldn't have to run out in a, in a hurry and grab stuff for hurricane readiness. Uh, I was talking to a guy, one decent tip that he was saying is he uh, fills up some baggies of water and puts them in the freezer. So I didn't, I didn't do that, I'll do that next time, but that's a good idea, something you can have, you know, keep stuff cold or have some ice or use it as cold packs or whatever. So yeah, if you see a hurricane coming a couple days out, you can throw that, you know, throw something like that in the freezer and have, your, have yourself some, uh, some ice for the future. Uh, interesting, it kind of give you a quick cliff note story on my hurricane experience because the, the one thing that tripped me up is I, I consider myself relatively prepared. I've got a plan in place and supplies in place and supplies staged and that kind of stuff. Um, obviously, from the firearm standpoint, we're good there. I assume the crowd is listening to me. I don't have to tell you to have a personal defense weapon. But again, that's something I have all the time anyway. So there's nothing special that I do because there's a hurricane coming. And truth be told, 
that's probably the last thing you're going to need in, in that type of situation. You're going to need food and water and medical supplies and shelter probably way more than you're going to need a firearm. But nonetheless, you know, we always have that anyway. A uh, little wrench in the plan for, for our experience is we were gone uh, as a family, my wife and child, at the World Championships in France. And we'd been gone for uh, 17 or 18 days. So I did see a, actually a storm was churning out there before we left, but it was way over towards Africa. And they've got, I mean, they don't know where it's going to go two days out. They sure as hell don't know where it's going to go three weeks out. Um, and we, we had a direct flight out of Miami. I live in Orlando area, so that's about a three and a half, four hour drive. And we drove down, parked in a long-term storage thing. We were flying in on Thursday evening prior to the expected landfall on Sunday. Uh, so that was pretty tight and that did cause a little bit cause for concern in that we parked the car and I couldn't remember how much gas was in the car. So that's one thing I'll change for the future, uh, you know, especially living in Florida, but anyway, is, is if you're gonna park at the airport long-term, you know, have the car, especially if you're not real close to your house, have the car filled up with gas. It's a nice comfort to have coming back uh, in a storm, but even coming back normal, you know, it's nice to get in, you've been traveling all day, get in the car and go, you know, get home. You don't have to stop and get gas somewhere along the way. So that's something I'll for sure change in my future plans. But I couldn't remember how much gas was in there. They had already evacuated the keys. So all those people had come through Miami and there were some uh, mandatory and some voluntary evacuations for Miami. So all those people have been trying to get out of town. Uh, so there were reports of no, no gas. Gas was hard to find or expensive if you did find it. So we were a little concerned about that. My wife was on a app thing, Gas Buddy app. That's a, a real-time crowdsourcing app for where, who has gas and where it is and how long the lines are and that kind of thing. Uh, so we looked around and it was... It was challenging, but you know, not a huge deal. We we did have to go to five different stops. Uh, waited in line for a while, 20, 30 minutes at one place, and then we were fourth or fifth in line, and they ran out of gas. A couple other places. Finally, we got it after a, another 20-minute wait or so, and that was enough to get us home. So another decision I made was to take a a, a rural road or a back road. If you're familiar with Florida at all, we took 27 up which was the old highway before the interstate system. Our other option was 75 or I guess maybe 95, but that's really a good option. But my concern there was getting stuck on the interstate. Like if there was a traffic problem, wreck, people ran out of gas and just stopped in the middle of the road. If you're on the interstate, you know, you're stuck. You can't get off. You can't turn off you know, where my wife's SUV. But even if I had my truck, you know, I can't, I can't get over a guardrail. And I didn't want to be stuck somewhere, especially with an infant in the middle of the night. So we took the rural road, took 27, figuring that, well, yeah, it's gonna take longer, but if I have to pull off the side of the road, you know, we can walk to McDonald's or maybe a hotel or, you know, some type of shelter. If we gotta get out and walk, we can, at least we're not stuck out on the highway. So we did that and it took, you know, it took way longer than normal with all the finding gas and all that. It was probably five and a half, six hours to get back instead of the three and a half or four, but no big deal, made it back. So then Friday next morning, uh, part of my contingency for the hurricane is where I work at the range. We have a lot of supplies there and, you know, I have them staged and ready to go. And just for this scenario, 
So I came to work, I had a, a generator there, uh, auxiliary gas can, 20 gallons. I had water, beer, and cash staged in my safe. So I drove to work, grabbed all that stuff. Uh, I did upgun a little bit going to work. I threw the AR in the car and I, there was no problems around here. We live in a rural spot. Everybody's super nice and, and friendly. And I didn't expect any problems, but I also knew I was gonna be driving around with a generator and a 20 gallon gas can, which you can't hide and that's sticking up out of the truck. You know, beer, water, and cash. So I did gun up a little bit for that, but you know, saw no problems. I got home, did our preps there, pick up pick up stuff around the house, bring in your lawn furniture, all the normal hurricane stuff for the wind for the wind damage. Uh, staged all the extension cords and stuff ready for the generator. Uh, my wife did did run out to the store just to see what was there, and the local store was actually decently stocked. So she grabbed some fresh fruit and vegetables and some bread and stuff that we you know doesn't store long term. Uh, I think she even grabbed a case of water or something if they had it. Uh, so we were good. A generator is not enough to run the house, but enough to run the refrigerator, a couple of fans, TV, and um, our deep freeze. My, my wife's still nursing, so we have a literal chest freezer full of breast milk, which is not replaceable at any cost. The big, the big main goal was keeping that stuff frozen, and that was the primary reason for having the generator ready. So got all those lines ready to go, and then I was just kind of sitting and wait. So the storm hit Sunday night in the middle of the night, which I was not really convenient. Um, and it was pretty, it was significant. Like I said, I've lived in Florida a long time. I've been through a lot of hurricanes and this one was definitely the windiest that I've been through. Uh, but the house held up well, the blew a few shingles off and a bunch of trees and limbs and, and that kind of stuff down. But uh, again, no, no huge deal. Power did go out in the middle of the night that night. I figured everything was frozen and cold for a bit, so I waited until the sun came up, which was still, you know, we're still at significant storm winds at that point, but at least I could see. So I went out and fired up the generators and got everything going, so that worked well. And power was out for a while. We were out for uh, three and a half or four days, and we were better off than some. People from south of us were out for uh, eight or nine days or more. The generator I had... Uh, it was okay. I mean, it's a Honda. It's a good generator, but we use it a lot at the range and don't maintain it nearly enough. So that was that was kind of on me. And it's probably not meant to run 24-7 for a week. So it finally shit the bed on me. And I'm by no means a small engine guy, but I had a neighbor that kind of helped me. Something in the carburetor, we we tried to take the carb apart, and then we thought, well, maybe the spark is bad. I didn't have a spare spark plug. Another Another note I made. So I went out to venture out, see what I could find. And, you know, the area was hit was hit pretty hard. So the power was down everywhere. There was no stoplights. Uh, none of the stores had power. Uh, nothing was open. Grocery store wasn't open. Gas station's not open. I did find an auto parts store that was open. They were running on generator power as well. Uh, but they didn't have what I needed. And so I started talking to the guys because I hadn't been out in a couple of days. Oh, the other thing is my cell phone kept getting crappier and crappier on Verizon. Uh, I'm not sure, never did figure out why, but the signal got progressively worse and worse and worse and worse, and then it got to pretty much nothing. Like, I couldn't get an internet, Facebook, uh, could barely make it, get a text to go through, and, you know, no power, no TV. 
so it was really a void of information. You didn't know, you know, where the storm was, how far away it was, what the power situation was, how they were, you know, if they were working on it, how they were working on it. And I was la kind of laughing, talking with these guys because they were the same thing. I was, hey man, you got any news? You heard anything? What, what's the deal with the power? And they said, no, man, we ain't heard nothing. And you know, I kind of envisioned and thought about like, well, what if this was, you know, what if this was it? What if the grid did go down and is this totally outside the realm of possibilities and you're cut off and we were laughing that the guys, I said, uh, hell, I, I haven't talked to my neighbor the other day. And, you know, when I grew up, everybody knows their neighbors. Everybody talked to everybody. And now it's, you know, we all live in our own world and it seems like nobody knows anybody. Uh, so I was kind of funny just from a gathering news standpoint. Well, they didn't have what I needed. Generator wasn't working. Uh, I'd been to Lowe's actually a couple of days before to get oil for the generator. And they had generators there for sale. So like, well, shit, I guess I'm going to have to go buy a generator. Uh, right by the house. So I went out there. Of course, I get there. They don't, they're out. So there's another little prepper tip for you that I've had for a while and never used. Uh, they told me that the the other, the next closest Lowe's, which was like 25 miles away, uh, they were pretty sure had generators. They couldn't call them because their phone lines were down. So they couldn't even call and confirm. But she said, I'm pretty sure they have them. They had a, they had a, car, uh, a truck shipment come in and bring pallets and pallets of them. I was like, all right, well, I guess I'm going there. And I said, where is it? And she said, it's in Poinciana, Florida. I was like, shit, right? I never heard of Poinciana. I mean, I heard of it, but I didn't know where it was. So I go out, get in the car, and pull up the Waze GPS. And then I remembered I've got no phone service. So I couldn't get on the internet. However, from the prepper books I read years ago, I threw a good old random McNally Road Atlas in the backseat of my truck and it's been there ever since so how many of you guys carry an actual map map that you can look at uh, but no shit it saved my bacon here so I pulled them out and I knew kind of where it was I knew it was east but you know I didn't know which road to take to get there and it wasn't on a main thoroughfare I mean it wasn't on 27 or 75 or anything like that uh, so I actually used the old school map figured out where Poinciana was and got in the vicinity and then just kind of figured out the main roads and found the lows from there uh, so they, sure enough, they had the generator, got it, got it back. Of course, it's not assembled, so hooked it all up, uh, juiced it all up, oil and gas, and got it ready to go. And we had a, actually had a match, match coming up that weekend at our range that I was going to continue with. So I had to go to work that day. But finally got everything running, headed off to work, and when the wife got, got back, she said, hey, the power's back on. So after I'd gone through all that, the power comes back on of course but uh, still worth it and now you know now we've got a good solid much better generator than the one i had before that i'll uh get a spare part spare spark plug for and for sure have that one have that one ready to run next time uh so there's a couple of tips maybe some that'll be some stuff that'll help you out in the future general preparedness and as a, a friend told me today that the middle of winter is not the time to go buy a coat you know you want to do this stuff ahead of time and you know, we made we made some notes. The one thing we didn't have enough of was the like a lanterns, like those cheap D cell battery lanterns you can get at Walmart for three bucks. Uh, we had two of them. One of them didn't work. The other one did, and it was really convenient to have that constant source of light if you're trying to eat dinner or you know do something. We had plenty of flashlights, plenty of candles, but the, those little cheap ass lanterns were way handier. So I'm gonna get four or five of those uh, for sure for next time around 
um, you know, the gas situation with the car. Other than that, I was happy, uh, happy with our my preps in general. Pretty much had everything that I that I thought we needed, so I was good to go there. So maybe those would be some tips that'll help you out. I've got a, another interesting podcast coming up on my woulda, coulda, shoulda from the world shoot. I was talking with a student about that today. I'm pretty excited about that. I think that's pretty interesting. And then our crazy holiday match season is getting ready to start down here. We've got the monster match coming up. I'll be getting ready for that soon. Uh, then we've got the custom gun down in Punta Gorda, factory gun over in WAC. And then here we go again, Florida State, Florida Open, all the goodies at uh, USA. So it's time to get tuned up. If you're in the great, great white north, start your dry fire. If you're not, get on your live fires. The season's ending for most, but it's getting started for us. And as always, give me a holler for training. Uh, I'll see you guys next time. Later. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. Stay behind the